Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 18th is Acts chapters 7 and 8. We were introduced to the martyr Stephen yesterday in chapter 6, and he was elevated to a position of leadership because of his willingness to serve. He was actually appointed as one of the first deacons named in the New Testament. Deacon is a word that's used in a lot of churches today, and the literal translation of that word is servant. Stephen and a few others were selected to be servants overseeing the distribution of daily bread to make sure that the widows were all receiving what they needed. It's not a coincidence that this servant, this deacon, was appointed because he had a good reputation and he was full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Later, in verse 8, it says that Stephen was full of grace and power, performing great wonders and signs among the people. Many believers long to be used by God in miraculous ways to perform great signs and miracles. We should learn from Stephen's example. It begins with a desire and willingness to serve the most vulnerable around us. If you want to have an anointed ministry today, perhaps consider serving widows or starting a prison ministry or a homeless ministry. Instead of trying to make a name for ourselves, we should be elevating the needs of those around us and serving them and then watch and see what God does. Chapter 7 is about Stephen's martyrdom which results from his sermon. He was, Stephen was defending himself before the Sanhedrin in the very same way that Jesus had been just a short time before. People were trying to have him convicted of blasphemy, and his defense is really a history lesson showing that he's of like precious faith, beginning with how God called Abram and highlighting how God used Moses and how Moses prophesied about Jesus, saying that God would send a prophet like him. In chapter 7, verse 35, as he's recounting the history of the foundations of Israel, when he highlights how Moses was questioned by the people he was supposed to be delivering, when they said, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? The devil does not have any new tricks. He will continually attack the seat of God's greatest calling on your life. You, ruler and a judge over us, Moses. Well, actually, it was God. Who made you a Bible teacher? It was God. Who made you a prayer intercessor? It was God. What is that one area of your life where you feel unqualified? That's probably an area God is trying to elevate you and calling you to do a greater work, to use you to touch more people. If you don't feel qualified, that's actually a good thing because God is not interested in anything we can do in our own power. It's when he has to work through us that he gets all the glory. And that's when the important work is done. Stephen goes on to detail how the Jews resisted the prophets. And even though Moses received for them living oracles, the Israelites were unwilling to obey him. And instead, 
they returned their hearts to slavery in Egypt. The people would rather be slaves in Egypt than be free anywhere else in the world and have to live by faith. Stephen concludes his defense with an accusation saying to the people interviewing him at the Sanhedrin, who again were the religious leaders of the day, it would be like the pastors of the mega churches and the presidents and professors of the Bible colleges and seminaries questioning him. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are guilty of the same things your ancestors are in the same way that they persecuted all of the prophets and killed those who prophesied about the anointed one, the Messiah who was to come, you've even killed the one they prophesied about. You received this Mosaic law handed down from Moses, and you haven't even kept it. As he said this, they became outraged, and they gnashed their teeth and they put their hands on him, they drug him out of the city, and they began stoning him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, received an open vision of heaven where he saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. These demonized people were so tormented that as he spoke the truth that he was seeing in the spirit realm, they yelled at the top of their voices, and they covered their ears, and they rushed at him. They were so given over, they were wholly devoted to defending their current position, believed so strongly that only they could be correct, that they were unwilling to consider that perhaps they were wrong and that led to their downfall. But what they intended for evil, God used for good. As Jesus had told the apostles, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And he had also told them that they would be his witnesses throughout Jerusalem and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. They had received the Holy Spirit. They'd seen thousands of people added to the faith, and yet they were still there. But when the dam broke that had been holding back the fury of persecution against the new developing body of Christ, when Stephen was martyred, all of a sudden hell broke loose against the believers and they were persecuted, were dispersed throughout all of the surrounding regions. And that's what led to the planting of churches in every city throughout the Roman Empire. And it's continuing today. Chapter 8, verse 4 says, Those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word, and among them was Philip. As the crowds listened to him and saw the signs he was performing, unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. It's worth noting that Some translations talk about demons possessing people. There are conversations among different schools of thought about whether or not Christians can be possessed by demons. The Bible doesn't really talk about demons possessing humans so much as it talks about humans being demonized or affected by the work of demons. And in this case, it was people who had possession of or 
had made a place for demons. The truth of the matter is we all hear spiritual voices. We hear God speaking to us and we hear the devil speaking to us as well. We have to know the word of God and the heart of God so that we can decipher the different verses and be very careful and intentional about which one we come into agreement with. The voice you partner with, whether it's truth from heaven or a lie from the enemy, will have a huge impact on how you live your life and how many people you're able to positively impact. The apostles understood and showed by their actions that it was crucial for people to receive the Holy Spirit then, and it's just as important for us to receive the Holy Spirit now. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow God to work through us. The Spirit certainly comes by divine appointment, and it can also come through the laying on of hands and the prayers of other people. In chapter 8, verse 10, after Peter and John went down there to Samaria, they prayed for the people there so that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on any of them. People had received the gospel, they had converted to Christianity, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. Peter and John laid hands on them in verse 17, and they received the Holy Spirit. It must have had quite an effect because Simon, who had been a sorcerer, was watching. And when he saw them receive the Holy Spirit, whatever that manifestation looked like, he offered money to Peter and John so that he could be able to do that as well. Peter told him, let your money perish with you because you thought you could purchase something that only comes from God. Simon replied to Peter, please pray for me so that nothing bad happens to me. But there's no record of Peter praying for him or laying hands on him or that Simon the sorcerer received the Holy Spirit. We are told back in verse 13 that Simon had believed and he was following Philip around listening. He seemed to have been a genuine convert, but maybe he's one whose roots were inhibited from growing because he cared too much about the things of this world. Then in verse 26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and gave him specific directions on where he was to go. As he went that way, he came across an Ethiopian eunuch who was a servant of the queen. He's reading aloud the scroll of Isaiah, what we would call chapter 53 today. And Philip very simply asks him, do you understand what you're reading? The man asks for an interpretation, and Philip breaks it down for him, even to the point of baptism. And they come along to a place where there's water next to the road. And the eunuch says, what's to prevent me from being baptized right now? So Philip baptizes him, and then he's caught up in the spirit and transported, perhaps even teleported would be another word. And Philip goes on his way. Quite miraculous, this spreading of the gospel was 2,000 years ago. God still does these things today. We just need to be open. We need to depend on him more and then watch him work. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I am a senior real estate specialist and a strategic listing specialist selling homes in southwest Florida. 
as well as leading a team of real estate agents in multiple states. If you're interested in buying or selling real property, I would love the opportunity to work with you to accomplish your real estate goals. And if you are a real estate professional, it would be an honor to partner with you in your success and have you join me at Call It Closed International Realty. God bless and thank you so much for your consideration.